lot of history to the city. A lot of history here. It's been a neat city to live in. Yeah. St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'd see it as a long-term place for yeah. me, but for two years, I mean, there's been a lot here that has been great for our family. If our if our kids were a little bit older, we'd probably get a little bit more out of this stuff. I was about to say, for yeah, teenagers, there's a, yeah. there's a ton of stuff. There's no shortage of We've had fun, though. Like, the zoo is free. Yeah, yeah. the zoo's Maggie good. and I went to the art museum last weekend, yeah. had a picnic on Art Hill. Mm. It's been great. I'm here today with Lawton Thompson, Pastor Lawton Thompson. And Pastor Joey Bluegie, you're listening to God Geeks. I'm Pastor James Cleland. And you know you're getting a special episode when it just pops up in your feed. And you've probably figured it out if you've been listening a while that James must have another assignment at the <laughs> seminary. <laughs> because I, when in doubt, podcast it out. Don't write a paper. Right? But what was the last one you did? The last one I did was with Lawton here. Yeah. Lawton and I did a right. episode uh, for our Psalms class. We did. Um, and it was a blast. Yeah, you it. introduced me to the Oh Hello. The Oh Hellos. That was a, that was a good poll. I, They're a great I band. appreciate that. Great band. So uh, that that's what we're doing today. I'm here in studio. We're in the lovely KFUO studios. This is not an official KFUO podcast. Let me put that out there. But... Because I work there at the Lutheran International Center, LCMS International Center, I've got access to the, to the studio. So uh, we've got s good sound quality today. I was going to say, thank you for letting us use this today. This is this yeah. is a beautiful studio. This is really fun. So thank you to KFUO for letting us do that today. Hey, if our, um, if our words aren't professional, at least the studio at is. At least so. the studio <laughs> is. So <laughs> today's topic is uh, our assignment for our class, which is... Worship and culture, the intersection, the interplay, the back and forth between worship and culture. Yeah, that intersection there, kind of what is that, you know, how does how does our life inform our worship and how does worship inform our life? Almost like a, a cyclical, I'm drawing a circle in the air. Yeah, yeah, you're on radio. Right now. Sorry, I know you all can't see me. <laughs> well, and, and, and I like what you're talking about, the the circular, and, you know, I'm kind of drawing it as I watch you, but, but you're right, as you look back to... Um, just take colonial America or even go back to, you know, old European history. And, mm -hmm. and church was typically the focal point of a city many times. Yeah. You see that. And so um, that was that was the worship and culture intersection. And now what does that look like in in our context here in America today? Yeah. Um, but also, uh, you know, in our different communities, whether it be here in America or throughout the world. Exactly. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm excited because I'm here with two of my favorite people, fellow specific ministry pastors, in the Lutheran Church, who also decided to attend Concordia Seminary at the same time as I did to, to earn our Master's in Divinity um, and become fully rostered in the Lutheran Church. So the three of us are going to be sent out to parishes in the spring. It's coming up. Uh, maybe we'll have you back on the air soon. We can talk about our calls after call day. So, so. tune in April 26th. It's a Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. Yeah, not they stream. They stream call day. You can see all three of us receiving yeah. our, not our first call, but our first call post uh, MDiv program. Pending, so. pending appropriate completion. Yes, pending complete, <laughs> pending um, uh, an A on this assignment, That's Dr. Right. Marriott. But <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we we actually we're going to be turning this into Dr. Marriott, which I, I'm going to talk about him probably in the episode because um, I had him for my first worship class. 
um, and it was extremely formative. So I jumped at the chance to take another class with him. Um, and I'm definitely sucking up to him right now because he's going to grade this project. But Joey, this is your first time on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, uh, well, thanks for having me on the show to start. This is this is a joy to be here. Yeah. Um, it was a pleasure going through SMP with you just a few years oh, ago. Stop. And, and see, <laughs> you, you got to make friends with the host really quickly, Law, and I'm sure you know about that. Uh, oh, yes. But uh, no, kind of grew up in Midwest, uh, grew up in Northern Illinois, actually, and um, spent the first 18 years of my life there before going off to college at College of the Ozarks down in Branson, Missouri. Yeah. At one point, you know, thought I was going to do business, uh, work in that field, and God put a different call on my heart through an internship at Salem Lutheran in Tomball, Texas, to where I ended up meeting my bride, Catherine, there as she was the missions and outreach coordinator and um, God also gave me an opportunity there to come back on after that internship to serve as a staff member there, ultimately rolling into the SMP program and did my SMP program at Salem Tomball. And it was a wonderful growing experience, a lot of learning. Thankful for that time to be there. And I, I really think it has developed me into the pastor that I am currently and leading to go back out and serve the parish soon. That's awesome. And and I know this, and maybe our, our, some of our listeners do, but you did online church before COVID. You were you were involved in that and kind of pushing the boundaries of what that looks like, what, what it shouldn't look like. So I think you're the, the per- perfect person to have on the podcast today because we're going to talk about that, that intersection between culture and worship, like we said. We're going to go back. We, you, the three of us did a presentation on medieval liturgy, medieval worship. Um, we learned a ton about that, so we're going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about what things might look like today, what they could look like in the future. And I think between the three of us, and especially you, Joey, uh, maybe you'll lead that part of our conversation because you're the expert oh. on online church, at least hey, in this room. I was going to say, expert's a strong word right <laughs> it is there. a but, strong uh... word. But um, I'm going to start things off today by quizzing you guys. I've I've got some questions for you, Lawton. You you had fun last time with our quiz. I did. part of the show. It was it was fun. I was taken aback because I was not really aware how many song lyrics from the 20th century and yep. early 21st century matched up with psalms or were indistinguishable almost. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Is that a psalm? Maybe. <laughs> is it a rock ballad? <laughs> oh yeah, it is. So. I'm going to quiz you guys today, but first I want to quiz you with a question you should know the answer to, and I'm going to answer it also. But Lawton, if you had to choose one hymn, what is your favorite hymn? Oh my goodness. Um, You know, I really, I go back and forth. I've been singing hymns for my whole life. Presently, probably one of my favorites is thy strong word and the reason i say you're that, stealing that from me you I'm know stealing it's that, but <laughs> i'm stealing that a little bit from you but um i happen uh my younger son both of my boys play piano um but uh i have a copy of the blue hymnal lutheran worship sitting on my shelf at home and my younger son plays a piano and so he has been playing that a okay. lot in our house and so Thy Strong Word is like on a pretty solid repeat track in my head recently. Um, That's as, not a bad as, one to have you know, on a, as, on a loop in your head. playing it and like doing these remix versions and I'm like, I'm not sure what you're doing there, but I kind of like it. So, but that, I mean, right now, I think 
that's one that just, you know, for me, thy strong word. Thy strong word. Very, so I'm very Lutheran him too. So say yeah, well, Martin Franzman, right? Martin Franzman. Tell me, tell me about him. So Franzman, uh, if I remember correctly, he was a prof here. Um, at they, Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Yeah, Concordia, yeah. St. Louis, uh, mid 20th century. Um, and allegedly that hymn was written in one of the faculty houses. So, yeah. um, house seven or eight or something, something like that. Uh, and so, uh, but anyways, um, but written 20th century, mid 20th century, yeah, correct? Like, like late sixties, I want to say late like 1968 or 1970 ish. Yes. I think that's correct. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a, just such a phenomenal hymn and it's kind of, uh, you know, about I, I don't know it's it's contemporary to us and not to use the contemporary worship buzzword but like it's, it's from our time it's from our time yeah but what's and so funny beautiful. when i first heard it um i think i thought it was like oh yeah know, from from the middle ages or from you know <laughs> reformation or luther, luther brother himself yes in wittenberg and he wrote this it had it was stuck in my head and, and, and i love it it's a good teaching him um and it was so eye-opening to me to realize it was from the 20th century and and when i realized it was and i've I've spoken about this before on the podcast and on some other podcasts we were up here for an smp specific ministry pastor intensive where the three of us were here for a week and during one of the chapel services on campus that song starts to play and i'm i'm used to it it's it's a it's beautiful on the on the organ right and especially when jim Mira especially played. when jim Mira is playing okay there's 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 a suck up number two all right we're gonna get an a on this when jim marriott plays it it's awesome and he was playing he played the first verse and it was great and it's loud in all the right places and um then the second verse comes in and it's our friend frank hart oh yes and a for lack of a better term contemporary praise band playing it on electrically amplified string instruments, electric guitars, full on drum kit. Um, and it's, it's loud in its own way. And then the third verse, it was just acapella, which I got chills at that moment. It's like, Oh my goodness, this is great. It, Everyone was into it singing with their heart, you know, full it really voices. was and that full, that full sanctuary filled with it's, we just don't have many places today where you get that many men's voices together no. in a space like that, singing with that gusto. It was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, with the varied instrumentation to the acapella, I, I mean, wow. Yep, that was a good day. Well, and then it finished with Frank and the band and the organ all playing in unison. And I just, it's like, this. this solidifies it for me. This is... A beautiful, beautiful experience. It solidified the hymn in me. It was formative. Um, so I'm going to say that's also my favorite hymn, but be partially because of that experience. Mm. Um, and sometimes we discount the experience in worship. You know what I mean? But to me, that's that's always been stuck in my head, and I go back to that hymn all the time, and I love it. I love yeah. it. That's a but, solid um, one. So sorry to steal that from no, you. No. It's just the one. My, my, (laughs) the second one I might have is Be Thou My Vision. Ooh, that's a good one. I I really love that one. Um, Can you sing it for us a cappella right now? No, it's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want that. Um, I will definitely sing it in a crowd. Yeah. Uh, I I have no fear in belting that one out, but that's a beautiful one that I would um, 
sing to my daughter when she was little. Mm. Um, I'm talking little baby. Then so that one has a place for me um, because of that. Uh, Joey, favorite hymn. Well, before I get to that, you know, be thou my vision. I. I think it's Audrey Assad that has a version of that that is okay. that is beautiful as well. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's her, but I, I love it on the organ that I don't know if you're talking about an organ or just um, piano, but well, I, she does it with there's some strings with it. It's it really just kind that of sounds pulls awesome together. I, my favorite version of Be Thou My Vision and Christ Be My Leader, mm. same uh, tune, I think, is Bill Brimer. Brimer. Uh, another SMP pastor, uh, Lutheran pastor, but he plays it. In kind of this slightly country, slightly rock and roll, steel guitar, I mean, harmonica, all those kinds of things he incorporates. And he does a version of Christ Be My Leader and Be Thou My Vision. I feel like I need a recorded amazing. track of that to listen to. I I have been getting on his case to like, hey, yeah. let's record that stuff. Is, get it out. is that not on YouTube that we could link to it in the no, show? No, it's not. Oh, no. come on. I know, I know. But he's got a bunch of great. Great stuff, and he told me he's working on some versions that maybe he'll put out of some of these things. I like yeah. that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get on his case because that's that's my other favorite. But so you were saying, yeah. It's no, sorry to dodge your question. No, no, there, no. But, yeah, dodging uh, my question. As far as him, gotcha. you know, I, I got to you know talking about Jim Marriott earlier. This is when he plays this Plug one in chapel. <laughs> when he when he plays this in chapel, this is this is by far one of my favorites. He's actually written an arrangement that also. So I'm part of Ladamu's choir there, which is the yeah. choir at Concordia Seminary. And uh, he wrote a uh, different arrangement of this that has a bit of solo by the choir in it, but it is um, nine forty one, which is we praise thee and acknowledge thee. That's a great. Uh, one. It is just it. It is a beautiful Trinitarian hymn uh, that uh, you know. Again, when when you've got the full choir, when you've got um, him playing it on the organ, it is it is just a beautiful, uh, beautiful piece. Another thing that I personally love, and it, it, I'm so. I know as a Christian, we all, Easter's a big deal. For Easter, for me, uh, there was an arrangement. I think I bought it from actually Concordia Publishing House of a organ solo for Jesus Christ is Risen Today. I actually played it for Easter, I think it was 2019. It is, it is a beautiful arrangement of Jesus Christ is Risen Today to where in the, in the foot pedals of the organ, there is, you're playing the melody line and building that out. And uh, then it comes to where congregational singing. Uh, and then at one point, um, I'm trying to remember the lyrics. I think it's verse two or three. It's it's the words like the pain and scorn that he endured or the, I think that's verse three. I intentionally would bring that into a minor key to kind of feel that the pain and the, and the death that Christ felt. But then it comes back into this major key arrangement as you start to celebrate him rising out of the grave and coming through it. Just again, a beautiful arrangement of the organ solo of that, along with congregational singing, and it's just what. As a kid, I remember, you know, six a.m. sunrise worship yeah. is when you open with Jesus Christ is risen today, and you've got the Easter lilies, the lights. You're you're waking up. It's just ah, just one of my favorite hymns too. So that's awesome. Yeah.
All right, so here's the uh, next part of the quiz. All right. What do you think the oldest Christian hymn is? In LSB? Oh, that, okay, we'll get there. Or, or what or, do you think or the just oldest, oldest Christian the hymn? oldest Christian hymn is? And this this is a multifaceted question because, okay, what is a hymn? I was going to say, you're going to count the Nunc Dimittis? Yeah, that's okay. Which, I mean, we've got that, you know, recorded in Luke. Okay, so it's explain Luke, right? what the Nunc Dimittis is, Joey. So that is the words of Simeon following his encounter with holding Christ incarnate in the flesh, holding him um, as he comes to the temple. And so I, it is Luke, right? It's recorded. It's in Luke, I, I think believe. it's Luke. Yeah. It's recorded in, um, and it's him just praising the Lord for now. You can let me go. I, I can, I'm I'm ready to go home because I have seen your promise salvation. I've held your promise salvation, uh, and it's just it it, it it follows communion is when yeah. it, it fa- falls in the service. Uh, but it's just a beautiful now, Lord. Let your servant go in peace according to your will. Okay, uh, so that's the Nunc Dimittis, probably early, early, early first century. Um, and, and we have evidence that was probably sung in the early first century church. Um, Lawton, what do you think the earliest Christian hymn is? So, so I, I, you know, I'm trying to remember, uh, we don't have tons of evidence for what worship looked like in the, that late first century. Right. We have, we have documents about what was going on, but kind of how they worshiped is a little bit more vague right we always look back mm-hmm. to acts 2 and we say oh mm-hmm. what did, you know the acts 2 church what did that look what like? did it look like so that we can uh, do the exact same thing right <laughs> uh, but the one thing that comes to my mind is that the psalms were mm. that is that is a musical piece of literature oh, okay you're jumping to the psalms and so and so when i when i think of early christian hymns right after Jesus dies, he's resurrected, he ascends into heaven, and his followers are left behind. The gospels haven't been written. Paul's epistles haven't been written, but yep. what they have are the Hebrew scriptures that Jesus quoted throughout his ministry. And so it I don't have any evidence to support this, but I would imagine, especially since a lot of his followers came out of that that mm-hmm. you know Jewish uh, community there, that Hebrew community, that they were probably singing some psalms, like there was there was probably some psalm singing going on. Okay, so well, it, and, it, I'm, and I'm trying to remember which which gospel account following the Lord's Supper, the when Jesus is with his disciples, says they go out to the Mount of Olives mm-hmm. and the, or after they had finished the dinner, they sung a hymn prior mm-hmm. to going out. It, it's one of the gospels, but you're talking you've got hymns that you yeah. know, go along with it. what you're saying, Law, and they right. were singing it the disciples along mm-hmm. with Christ. They were singing these hymns and could have easily been one of the Psalms. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's what I think you guys are on the right track. All right. Well, how about this? What if we narrowed down a hymn to being uh, not a Psalm from the OT? Okay. And not necessarily the Nunc Dimittis or the Magnificat, which, Mm -hmm. and Joey, what's the Magnificat? Well, that would be the song that Mary sings. Man, you guys are getting all the points today. Now, that's that that's Mary Luke sings. 1. I can actually that tell you where that good, one is. Good. Yes. So, right after the angel's like, hey, by the way, something's going to happen. Okay, so hymns that are not directly found in Scripture. Hmm. What's the oldest hymn that we have notes or sheet music on and lyrics? That's a good question. Yeah. I feel like I need to flip through the pages. Of the I don't book. think you're going to find it because I had to Google it. <laughs> wow. The oldest, I, I have no idea. The oldest one that we have sheet music for? That we have notes and. Wow. So I want to say that that has to be 
an early Middle Ages hymn mm-hmm. because really they weren't necessarily writing notes down, I don't think, for music that far back. Like in, it, I mean, in Roman times, I don't think they were. So I'm thinking, I'm feeling like this has got to be like sixth century or later. You think sixth century or later, Joey? What, what, if you had to guess a century? Well, I would, I would say early Middle Ages. I, I, I just, I, I think the same thing with you, Lot, yeah. and I think early history they just so you you didn't write that stuff so let's say sixth to ninth century um i'm gonna land in the middle i'll say 700s okay you're both totally wrong oh man i through my research and this is hasty internet research so take it with a grain of salt but come on wikipedia don't put that in the the references that's not a good reference oh wait we're doing this for a grade no i've (laughs) I've done actually extensive research and the oldest documented manuscript that preserves both lyrics and original musical notation is what's called the Oxyrhynchus papyri. All right, so we're going way back. We're going way back. It's It was found in a group of papyri in Egypt in an archaeological dig in refuse. So it was like garbage, basically. They said, you this know, is no ancient good. garbage. Yeah, never tossed it. <laughs> it's, they found it in the uh, early 20th century. And it is from somewhere between first century and third or fourth century. Wow. Wow. I'm I'm surprised. It's the earliest known. The lyrics are, they invoke the Trinity and call for silence. Wow. Does that remind you of any other hymns? Calls, it calls for silence. The only thing I can think of is our doxology. Oftentimes mm-hmm. where, you know, it's the beautiful praise to the Trinity. And then it, you just have this feeling of awe when you finish it after that yeah. amen rings out. So here, here's the best translation of the lyrics. And there's missing spots in the papyri, but it's together all the eminent ones of God, day or night, let them all be silent. Let the luminous stars not shine. Let the rushings of wind, the sources of all sort, surging rivers cease while we, him, we sing Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Let all the powers answer. Amen. Amen. Strength and praise. This sounds like earth and all stars. It sounds like that. Yeah. And it Did remi- you ever sing that back in Lutheran grade school? I remember oh, that. Yeah. A lot. And all stars. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh yes. Not nearly as not not nearly as well as you did, Joey. You know. <laughs> It, choir, it, choir skills. it immediately <laughs> reminded me of hymn number 621 in the Lutheran service book. For all you all right. non-Lutherans out there, the Lutheran service book, the LSB, that's what we typically use in many Lutheran churches nowadays. And there's hymn number 621. And this might answer our question too. What's the oldest hymn, numbered hymn in the Lutheran hymnal, in the Lutheran service book? Let all mortal flesh keep silent. Uh, and number 621, which is totally from, forgotten about that from the fifth century. Uh, wow. So we've got we've got oh. hymns in the Lutheran service book from all the way back in the fifth century, if you want to go that far. Or what else do we sing out of the Lutheran service book? We sing the Psalms, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we sing yep. the Nunc Dimittis and we sing the Magnificat yep. and we sing thy strong word from yeah. the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So you got 2,000 years plus. 2,000 years plus. Of yeah. Musical tradition and development. Well, and you just think of all the cultures that are involved with that too from 5th so century yeah, many. to today. Yeah. If, and what we kind of narrowed down in our discussion of medieval time and we're going to get to that after the break is that even during a, the medieval period, there was a lot of cultural change, a lot yeah. huge shifts yep. in, in, in what it looked like to be a Christian in the culture, in Europe, wherever. 
I love the Lutheran service book. I think it's so cool. Uh, digging into, you know, how it got put together and where all these hymns come from in just this brief discussion. I think the biggest takeaway I want to leave with you guys in this first section of the podcast is we have a history of creating art, creating songs, creating hymns that praise the Trinity, that serve our services and point towards Christ in varying cultures throughout time. And it would be naive and pompous of us to think that eh, we've got enough of them or uh, only the old stuff is good or uh, only the new stuff is good there is so much beauty in all of these hymns whether they be from the old testament first century third century fourth century 20th century or they're being written right now or haven't been written yet let all mortal flesh keep silent we are going to praise God no matter what our culture is doing. And there's this intersection between culture and hymnody. And it's beautiful. Mm. And we're going to talk more about that right after the break. Right after the break. See you soon. <laughs> They're not going to see us, Joe. <laughs> <laughs>